بورا الحردور ها بورا الحردور He's asking where to. Oh God! He just means which airport. That's all. Kennedy, JFK. I know I've been especially moody. Not so as you'd notice. And I know it's not exactly reasonable to expect a lot of attention under the circumstances. But you see. What a hardo! The damn airport! What are you guys? Come on! All right, now easy. He may be a guest in our country. Uh, friend, Kennedy. Here, look, Kennedy Airport. Look. Yeah, he's got it. Oh, great! And why don't you take us straight to Sing Sing? Please don't say that. You're gonna upset Louis. Oh, God forbid! No, please. Huh? There's a real cabot. Stop, taxi! Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Masunas. How's everybody doing today? I am doing great, guys. And with me, as always, is Mr. Jameson, Very Good Rabbit. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing spectacular. Great to have you back, man. It's been a few weeks, son. It's been a few weeks. Yeah, man. It, I, I almost forgot what your voice sounded like, but now I'm reminded. <laughs> yes. A uh, lot of drama been going on, man. Uh, some of you guys out there know, uh, but my father-in-law was in the hospital for a while. So everybody that said their prayers, thank you. Everything uh, definitely helped out a lot. That's kind of why there hasn't been any episodes uh, just multiple possible surgeries and just spending nights at the hospital. It's been dragging, so that's why there hasn't been a new episode for a couple of weeks. And uh, possibly, you know, it's kind of touch and go for the next few weeks. But we're here today, and I'm excited for it, sir. So I am too. Hey, sometimes real life just steps in, and podcasting goes to the back burner. It's true, man. But uh, I, I'm really excited today because I was like, Huh, quick change. I was like, do I really want to talk about this movie today? And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to talk about this movie. <laughs> we brought this movie up, like, well over a year ago. Yeah, we I did. I think it came up during maybe even a Changing Channels episode. I mean, it was a long time ago. Yeah, this has been on the back burner for, like, at least a year. Yeah. And then we threw a vote up about, you know, next, you know, upcoming movies, and this is the one that won the vote Outside of the Arnold votes that we had, which was good times. So people want to hear it. Even though people didn't write in for it, people want to hear about this movie review. So. That's all right. I could talk quick change all day. I know. It's cool. So before we do, sir, uh, should we roll into some quick movie and music news, sir? Why not? All right. Let's do it. I don't have to be anyone other than a birth that you saw. 
Okay, sir, so since we covered the, the Fast and Furious talk as always on STL, uh, I don't think you've talked about this yet on some MMM recently. And by the way, your last episode, spectacular, sir. You like that? Logan killed it, man. I, I, my favorite line is talking about, um, talking about the R-rated stuff. <laughs> and he's like, keep it adult. <laughs> talking about sabotage. Yeah, sabotage. He did. I was so proud of him, man. That was literally on less than an hour's notice. Like, hey, dude, you want to do this with me? Sure. Yeah. He killed it, man. It was so good, man. There's been calls to have him replace me. so That's what I've been hearing. (laughs) Word on the street is. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good time. Sabotage. This movie did terrible this weekend, sir. Yeah. Did you see this? This is like... What, uh, like number seven? It's like Arnold's worst opening for mo- for a super long time. I don't I don't have the complete details on this, but I know it came out terribly. And I was actually surprised because I thought that this was gonna have a little bit more promise, you know, and it because of how raw and just how hardcore it was gonna be. I thought it would have a bigger opening, so. Were you kind of shocked on this one, sir? You know, not really, because it did come out on kind of a bigger weekend. I mean, you you had a lot of big movies that were carrying over with, you know, Divergent and the Muppet movie that had a lot of word of mouth. And and then, you know, with Noah and all the talk about Noah, you know, it, it was going to be tough. And I, I think it just proves that it's getting harder and harder for Arnold to carry a movie, to to build a movie around Arnold, especially an action movie. It's getting harder and harder. I think a lot of the people are just believing less and less in him as the action hero, you know? I have to agree. I, I really do. And it's such a sad thing, man, to see my favorite action hero becoming a wash, you know? Like, yeah. uh, you know? I mean, it didn't help. You know, it doesn't help that he was gone from the public conscious as far as an action hero for so long while he was, you know, governor and all that True. where there's basically a generation of people almost that don't know him as Arnold, the action hero. Like, wait, was that get that guy that was, <laughs> that ran for office and all this stuff? I mean, unless you go back, you know, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a like the generation. There. Yeah. It's like the back to the future joke about Ronald Reagan being president. You know, I yep. suppose the, the Jimmy Stewart is the first lady or I forgot what that I know Pe- that I know Peter's gonna yell at me about that line so but yeah man I hear you it's kind of sad uh, kind of depressing but it is reality and I don't think this whole Terminator crap is gonna turn things around I really don't no I don't before we move on so my favorite movie on the whole entire planet, A Haunted House, which is the worst movie of like 2012 on my list, I think it was, is getting a sequel. And I don't understand how there was people who actually saw enough of the first movie to even warrant a sequel. This is terrible, man. I hate the fact that this movie is getting a sequel, man. Yeah, I don't understand it. Uh, I. I guess I don't know the numbers to know if it made barely money. barely any money. I see on Rotten Tomatoes it got a ten, 
So that's good. That's something. <laughs> you know, that's good. <sighs> wow. What are people thinking, man? I'm telling you. Wow, I have a friend on Rotten Tomatoes that gave it two and a half stars. I gave it a half a star. Yes, you did. Terrible. <laughs> One of the worst movies I have ever seen in my entire life. It's ugh, terrible. Now... Expendables 3 possibly casting, even though they're making it, and I think they're done with it. But did you hear that X-007 dude is being added to the Expendables? How what, How long are they casting this? Aren't they making the movie? Yeah, I I seriously think... Which, which X-007? Timothy Dalton? Who? No, this is... uh, Let's see. This Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. has been cast in Expendables, but it doesn't say if it's 3 or 4. Hmm. See, I thought they were they've been shooting three for like six months now. That's what I thought. It says Pierce Pierce Bronson has agreed to appear in a future expendable sequel. So my guess is that would be number four. So he just doesn't fit. Yeah, I don't see it. I really, really Unless don't see Unless he's just some rich billionaire bad guy. Yeah. Like that'd be kinda cool. Um but speaking of who doesn't fit can we talk about Indiana Jones, sir, and this whole remake talk? Yeah. So, Bradley Cooper, sir, going to be the new Indiana Jones? I no. don't know. It, it got busted. <laughs> that is not happening. Oh. I kind of dug it when I first saw the rumor, then I saw the rumor dispelled. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was. W- would you have liked to see him take over? Um... I don't think you need to do it, but if you're going to, I thought he would have been a pretty cool choice. Yeah. You know, I I don't think you need to reboot Indiana Jones. I can understand why they want to. Uh, I I don't know if a reboot would be better than a sequel. Maybe. Um, But if you're going to do it, I think Bradley Cooper would be a pretty solid choice for the role. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. Just let it lay, though. No more. (laughs) Now, uh, kind of in TV talk, Michael Chiklis has been cast in the new season of American Horror Story. I like me some Mr. Kamish, Mr. Chiklis. He's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, this is, you know, it's a phenomenal show. I love the concept that it just uses the same actors and just changes the story every uh, every season. Dude, did we even talk about Fast and Furious 7? No. I brought it up and totally forgot that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me finish my talk here then, I guess, real quick. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm three weeks, man. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of out of it a little bit. So bear with me Understandable. Here. But American Horror Story, Michael Chiklis being cast, pretty cool, man. Do you watch American Horror Story? Um, I did watch the first season and the second season. Um, I was having trouble getting into, and then we cut our cable, so that made it harder to get into. Okay. Um, so no, that's I've only really seen the first season. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Fair enough. My wife loves season three, so uh, I might check out season four just because he's in it. I love it. So, final bit of movie news I want to talk about, sir. Fast and Furious Seven. Since we do all the fast talk on STL, might as well talk about the newest news. So this is officially. A rumor and officially confirmed because Universal Pictures has not denied this, but has not come out and said it either. But there has been multiple, multiple reports that Fast and Furious 7 will be completed with four body doubles and CGI Paul Walker. Now, at at first I was kind of like, huh, but then I went back to The Crow. 
I'm like, man, back then it worked because they used the same sequences a few times uh, and just put his face from certain sequences over that. The only thing they got wrong in The Crow is when they tried to ADR his voice. They had some guy do his voice that sounded nothing like Brandon Lee. It was terrible. So I think they can pull this off because the reason I say that is is that clearly we had executives in this room. We had multiple people in this room, and they all decided that this would be the way to go. So they clearly had to have proven that this fact would be the way to do it. But Universal hasn't come on and said, yes, this is how we're doing it, but they haven't denied it either. So what are you thinking, sir? Hey, modern technology is pretty amazing. You can do pretty much anything now. Yeah, I mean, look at Captain America. They made him a small guy the whole, you know, that whole section. I had no idea. It looked so good. Yep. So I think, you know, if they, I think they could pull it off, you know, and it's kind of funny with Paul Walker's new movie coming out. He's driving a car in that movie, which is kind of funny. I'm just like, wow. Uh, but have you seen the trailer for that? For, I have. Yeah. It looks, uh, you know, it looks fun. But I did hear Hours, the movie I really wanted to see, that he did very well acting-wise. But I have yet to pick it up. But uh, for Fast 7, sir, do you think that this is going to work? Because it kind of makes sense since they have to rewrite the story. Obviously, they didn't film those scenes. So do you think that they're going to be able to pull this off? I'm sure they're going to be. They took enough time off during their little hiatus to really form their plan they know that what what's on the line with this franchise with the money they have invested in it and the the fan base that i'm i'm pretty confident that they'll they'll manage to pull this off okay fair enough i feel the same um i'm just waiting for official confirmation from universal that's what they're doing because i thought originally they were just going to use his brother Mm -hmm. for all the body stuff and but I kind of figure CGI was going to come into play at some point. But they are officially filming now. So uh, I'm excited to see official confirmation come out. So let's talk some quick TV news, sir. And then we will roll into our review. You have too much TV. That's what my mother tells me. All right. All right, man. Let's talk about last night's uh, finale that people are hating with the passion. And that is How I Met Your Mother. Now, you, sir, have seen this show. I've only watched the episode that had our, our friend of the podcast, Mr. Billy Zapka, on there. But people are pissed at this ending, sir. And I believe you checked it out after I posted this. So what what was your thoughts, man, after you watched this? My thoughts are, get over it. <laughs> it's, I, I, I have watched this show I, I watched the first couple seasons and my wife loves this show so I have watched episodes in passing um, I've not been a regular viewer the last few years of it but I kind of know what's going on and don't really care all that much but I checked out I went and watched the finale and um, yeah I, I can understand why people are upset if you're a big fan of the show but you know what it is almost impossible to pull off a good finale it is so hard. There's so much writing on it, especially when you have a, a long, successful run and you have, especially a show like this, where they have built, from episode one, this show was built to live off of its finale. The premise is, the whole show is him telling the story of how he met the mother. So you know that it's all leading to the finale. The pressure is on the finale from the first episode. There's no way you can live up to expectations with that. 
Right. You know, and so, yeah, you're going to have people that hate it. And I wasn't especially a big fan of how they did it, but it's kind of a cop out how they pulled it off. But yeah, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> so on, if you on, didn't like that, look, there's there's 150 other episodes that you sh- surely enjoyed to get so irate about this episode. Go back and watch those first 150 episodes in. I mean, I remember being mad when the Seinfeld finale aired and be like, that was garbage. But you know what? <laughs> I still love Seinfeld. I got over it pretty quickly. Fair enough, man. You, you bring up a good point, sir. So, excellent. And uh, I, I kind of got to give you a revelation, sir. And This is going to kind of shock you, and I think it's going to shock the nation when I mention this about music. So, last time we talked, we were talking some team, some Lord, uh-huh. and how much I dig that song. And you were talking about your good old clown buddy. <laughs> Puddles. Yeah, and I checked it out, man. And I have to admit, it was it was pretty good stuff. And I like the video. He just comes in, does his crap, picks his stuff, and leaves. I thought That's that, right. I thought that was kind of funny. Now, I, I believe you have officially checked out all of his stuff, and you're in depression at this point in time. I have exhausted the internet for everything that he's done. <laughs> However, due to the fact of my love for Team, which has officially become my second favorite song of 2014... It has officially made me no longer hate Royals. I just now dislike it. Perfect. Yeah. You're coming around. It goes from hate to dislike. So I still dislike the song, but I no longer hate it with the passion. I've come around. It helped that I checked out your little, uh, your boy's version of it. And because I'm I've, I'm loving Team so much, I'm, and then Royals came on yesterday on the radio and every time it's on, I always change the channel. It was the first time I listened from beginning to end and never changed the channel. You were jamming to it. I know. I, I was not. I sat there the whole time, but I was just like, oh, I need to go listen to team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude. I'm so excited, man. The music this year, it's been kind of slow, but it is picking up, man. I have found some good gems recently. I'm very excited to share these on the next Underground Hour episode, my, my favorite tunes. One of them, of course, will be in the music spotlight coming up. But uh, Happy Dude, since we last talked, mm. I, I really love that song now, man. I don't know if it's yeah. because of the fact that I've seen the video a hundred times, which I, I love the video because of the fact that they use real people in that which video. Which video? He has 75 versions of it. I only seen the one that had like 50 thousand people in it of different sizes Because he was and... doing there where he was putting out a different uh, different video every hour the one day oh see i missed that oh yeah okay now have you heard the man by uh aloe block i'm the man i'm the man i'm the man i've been actually i sport. just saw that on the kids choice awards the other night yeah so the what nickelodeon you... kids choice awards Th- this song yeah that I did not check that out, man. I was pretty upset. <laughs> it, you didn't miss much. Uh, Mark Wahlberg as the host, my wife and I were kind of commenting on it, that what a weird choice it is for a host. Because we were trying to figure out what kids movie all these kids would have seen that Mark Wahlberg was in. Ted. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, right. That's what, I was asking my boys. We're like, you know who Mark Wahlberg is? Like, eh, kind of. Like, how many movies have you seen him in? None. Like, it's a weird choice. Like, it's usually Jack Black or Adam Sandler or somebody that kids see in movies. Right. 
like he, he comes out like you guys big fans of boogie nights uh like what <laughs> I, I mean at least if you get a wrestler kids watch wrestling every week it would make right. sense you know i mean kids knew who the rock was before he started making two fairy and stuff you know it made sense but yeah i don't get mark Wahlberg. transformers 4 hasn't come out yet yeah it was it was pretty weird it was a pretty awkward uh show did please tell me iron man did not win movie of the year that's gonna piss me off i don't they didn't even i don't think they even did movie of the year Okay. I know they voted. I know Robert Downey Jr. won uh, male cool guy of the year. Yeah, which is fine. I just, I was like, man, Monsters University was so much better than Iron Man 3. So yeah, actually, they didn't do hardly any movie awards. They didn't do the female butt kicker of the year or I don't think best movie. Okay. Fair. It was a whole bunch of TV shows where Ariana Grande was standing up there winning awards. Oh, that's my girl, man. I <laughs> Yeah, here's your Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards talk. <laughs> All right, man. Well, why don't we wrap it up, sir? And why don't uh, we get into our long-awaited review of some quick change? Are you ready for this, sir? Oh, I can't wait. Let's do it. Let's make a commitment. Let's not be like every other couple on the IRT. Will you rob a bank with me? I will, Grim. I will. Hey, I got three more minutes. Boy, close, bozo. Let's not mess with me today. What the hell kind of clown are you? The crying on the inside kind, I guess. Fill this up with regular, please. This is our perpetrator. Every kind, every build, red nose, blue hair. It was the perfect crime. Now, all they need to do is get to the airport. Did we miss the expressway? Getting farther away every second. By car. Oh, we're really making progress now. I saw a sign, Phyllis. Three of them out there, shouting with glee. Taxi! By cab. Buda Hadoum. Airport. Look. Buda Hadoum. Huh? Great. And what did you take us straight to Sing Sing? There's a real cab up Stop! Taxi! By foot. Ah! By bus. You go to the airport? Near the airport. That is an exact change. You better get some help. You're becoming Ralph Cramden's evil twin. By midnight, Bill Murray. Right, can we just calm down a little, please? Gina Davis. Oh, we'll never make the flight. We'll have to sail a raft to Fiji like Thor hired all. Please, God. Randy Quaid. We need a cab. One round freaking cab. Jason Robards. So easy getting in. No way out. In a major metropolitan comedy, Quick Change. Was that our plane? No, no. If it were our plane, it'd be crashing. God, I hate this town. All right, so Quick Change. So this is a movie from 1990, and it stars, I think, your favorite actor on the planet, Bill Murray. That's a true statement. And uh, I did not know that this guy directed this movie. It was his directorial debut. I was shocked to find this out when I checked out the credits. Now, here's the thing with this. Well, the movie. director bailed. And so last minute, they couldn't find anybody. Okay. So he's like, screw it. I'll do it. Awesome. So here's the thing with Quick Change. This is a movie that everybody's seen and they don't remember seeing it. Because if you play the trailer for somebody or you mention a scene, people will be like, oh, yeah, I've seen Quick Change. I can guarantee it because of the fact of, you know, remember I told you 
the last time I seen this, I just remember the ending with the bus scene, you know? And then as I was watching this movie, certain scenes would come up. I'm like, I so forgot about Phil Hartman. And I so mm-hmm. forgot about Stanley Tucci. And I so forgot about, you know, this person and that person. But let me just say this right off the bat. This movie is short. It is fast. It's like an hour and 22 minutes long. It cooks along, man. There's there's a lot going down in this, though. Okay, sir. So here's the thing. Since the you know majority of the movies that we do, everybody's seen. So since this is one that maybe people don't really remember, and since you know you could talk this movie in your sleep, why don't you give a fast plot summary of what goes down in this movie, and then we can discuss it in detail when All you right. get done, sir. So. All right. So the movie is basically um, there's a bank robbery. A clown robs a bank. He. he uh, comes in, takes everybody hostage, robs a bank. He's he's dealing with the uh, uh, with the police chief Jason Robards, and um, one by one, he's he releases hostages. Um, <laughs> I I don't know how in depth you want to get. He, he starts releasing hostages. His plan is a beautiful plan where he and his accomplices are the first hostages, quote unquote, released. Yeah. So they get out of the bank with all the money. The cops think the bank robber is still in the bank, so they take off. Uh, and then the, the whole plan is, all right, we just have to get to the airport. And we're taking off. We're f- free. And unfortunately, they get bogged down through a series of mishaps just trying to get out of New York City. Which we'll talk trying about. To get to the, just trying to get to the airport. Right. And it's just so many things happen, and they run into all kinds of different characters. And the thing i love about this movie is it is just a showcase for bill murray's charisma and oh, his man. his wit and his just it's just a perfect showcase for that and that's what makes it so great to me you ain't um, lying man you ain't lying yeah and so it's it's great his accomplices are gina davis and randy quaid um they're fun jason robards is awesome as the police chief who's trying to track down this cop <laughs> or this clown and uh and just the people they run into is they're trying to get to the airport to get away. Okay, so our opening sequence, you know, we always talk about big openings. This opening sequence is like 20 minutes long. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I dude. love it. This is, okay, so we start off, we got a subway train, and we get a really cool, what's that love song that plays in the beginning of this movie? How's that, what's that song, dude? The song that plays in the beginning. Yeah, the song that's starting off the credits, Subway, Bill Murray's a clown walking down the street, and they're playing about, you know, it's a love song. But mm. it's going really fast. I can't remember the title. You stumped of it. me right away. Oh, man. You're nice sp- job. You said you could do this in your sleep. So. <laughs> I don't remember the song name. <laughs> but then I saw it directed by Bill Murray. I'm like, wow, that is crazy. And then we get the bank. And oh, I love, first, I love... The- as he's walking down the sidewalk, one of the, just a throwaway two second scene that cracks me up all the time is he's walking down the street and he's passing one of the um, the adult establishments, the, oh, uh, the yeah. all nude establishment, <laughs> and there's a guy outside hawking to get people to come in, and he's yell as people walk by, nude women, nude women, clowns welcome, <laughs> clowns welcome. <laughs> cracks me up yeah you're right i love that (laughs) oh it was so good i yeah i was busting up on that one and then the the dog remember when he points the gun to the dog's face about telling (laughs) the dog to shut up and the dog like what licks the gun licks the barrel and then shuts up and he's just so good his his lines are so good 
They're just like... I almost feel like he ad-libbed this movie just like he did Ghostbusters. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me one bit, especially when it being he did. Yeah. Okay, he did a lot of ad-libbing because um, that's just he's that's what he's great at, you know. Yeah. So he takes the bank over. He's he's strapped with dynamite. Right. Comes in, takes everyone hostage. No, let's talk about the guy that wouldn't let him in, though. The, the co- security guard. Yeah, the security I guard is awesome. Love. He has some of the best lines throughout this entire movie. Oh, he does. <laughs> My favorite is later on where he starts making up stories about. Oh yeah, where yeah. he's giving the police the, sto- the stories of what happened. Yeah, so good. But this this security guard won't let him in, and Bill Murray decides that no, you're gonna let me in. Shows him the dynamite. Oh, you're right. We still have five minutes left, sir. <laughs> what kind of clone are you? The crying on the inside kind, I guess. <laughs> and. I love the fact of, especially if you don't know what's going on, you know, Randy Quaid kind of dressed up crazy, just starts to cry. And you're like, what's wrong with this guy over here? He's one of the hostages. And, uh, you know, uh, what does he say? The the troublemakers are going to get it first. (laughs) That's when he starts crying. He starts throwing up in his glove. (laughs) Yeah, I wish Meryl Streep could just throw up on cue. I love that (laughs) line later on. That was great. Now, Gina Davis. So... Let's just say you had never seen this before, which I, Peter had never seen this before. He did write in for this. And one of the things he said is he was actually surprised that Gina Davis was actually in on it. You kind of, they, they make you, they do a really good job of making you think it's just Bill Murray. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? That's the whole, yeah, that's the whole swerve. Now, let's talk about Jason Robards. Now, see, I've only seen this guy in Dream a Little Dream. I, I know this guy is big. Uh, oh, wow. I, I, I love this guy. I, I'm sure I've seen him in other things, but when I say it, when I hear his name, instantly Dream a Little Dream comes to mind. Such a good movie. Uh, kind of, you know, it's kind of underrated in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool to see this guy because he just has that attitude of like, I'm too old for this. I don't want to deal with things. Almost kind of like if people die, I really don't care. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what I get off of this guy. He's just the the old police chief. Like, oh man, I got no time for your garbage. Like, I, you are not the first guy that I've had to deal with who robbed a bank. I, Jason Robards, you never, uh, did you ever see Parenthood? He's yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I've I've seen this guy in multiple things, but I can only think of Dream a Little Dream. But you're right, Parenthood. Now, isn't he the dad to Keanu Reeves? No, to Steve Martin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, he is great. It's just like, oh, come on, man. Like, just come on out. Like, don't. I don't want to have to do all this. You know, this thing's going to last all day. I got better things to do. Right. You know, it, I, I, I really love all the back and forth between him and Bill Murray. You know, as they're negotiating over the phone and, and he's going back and forth with him. And Bill Murray's just... Being classic Bill Murray, just snarky. I I love him trying to shoot out the cameras, and he misses. And then the moment he's behind a desk, not even aiming, and he shoots a camera, and he just looks at his gun like, huh, I did that. Good stuff. And his little joke about Chip. Yeah. Do you, do you like this little uh, joke that will come into play later on in the film? <laughs> Call me Chip. Ooh, no, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good, man. Now, what about the guy with the watch? Who's got he's like, so great. He's like, what, $3,000 watch? And he's like, oh, I'll give you 300 bucks for it. It's got the moon phase. I that's I love it. He's he's just an awful, you know, rich, yuppie guy who thinks he's better than everyone else. And, like, I should be the first one to go. I'm going to go. And he tries bribing Bill Murray with his 
three thousand dollar watch. It's I paid three grand for it, but I it appreciates every day. <laughs> Bill Murray gives it three hundred dollars for it. It's like, oh, but let me give you my watch. It doesn't have any moons, but the band is the Twisto Flex by Spadell. <laughs> yeah. So the whole point is to have Randy Quaid basically be himself because he is annoying the whole entire movie. Nope. But the idea is to have him be so annoying that the other hostages want him to be let go first. Because Bill Murray says, you're the kind of guy who gets innocent people killed. <laughs> and everyone's like, get him out first. Yeah. You don't need this kind of frustration. <laughs> get him out of here. And so they let him go. And Gina Davis, whose name is Phyllis in the movie, starts nope. to talk smack about uh, being sexually harassed, basically. And... I love the the chemistry between these two, especially in the bank scene. Um, it's good stuff, man. What, what do you got to say about Gina Davis in this movie? She's really good. She, I think everybody's really well cast. Uh, I can't think of anybody else that could have done the the role of Loomis that Randy Quaid had better than him. I mean, it's just <laughs> he's so good at being a bumbling idiot, you know. And and Gina Davis is really good. I I usually like Gina Davis and everything she does. I don't. I agree. Look out! I don't search out Gina Davis movies, but when when I find her in a movie, I'm like, eh, really good. Yeah. And yeah, those two had a great chemistry. So those two are the next two hostages released. She and Bill Murray dresses up in a costume as this just whiny little guy, and they come running out of the bank, and they're strapped with all the cash to their bodies. Exactly. And they're the next two hostages. That get released. And uh, it's a great plan. It, he has a little bit of clown makeup behind his ear. Yeah. That uh, she's trying to warn him of. But luckily, uh, you know, Chief Walt doesn't recognize or, you know, realize that there's clown makeup behind he's his so ear. so funny in that, too. He's like, I heard him say, hey, baby, up your butt with a coconut. <laughs> I saw no coconut. I, did, I saw no coconut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love it so good. So they... They escape. Yeah. They basically, the plan is to take off and Bill Murray's going to take random uh, phone calls at pay phones because, yep. you know, this is in the 90s. So we didn't have all the, the call tracing we get in CSI and, and well, all that stuff. But first, before they before he gets out of the bank, he asks for three things, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I the monster truck, baby. <laughs> I want a monster truck. I want a attack helicopter. I want a oh, and he wants a, a bus and a Harley Davidson. So it's four things. Yeah, four things. Yeah. It, that's great. The monster truck comes in. The guy steps out, he gets all cheered. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, baby. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so they're they're out. They slip off into the crowd. They're on their way to the airport. They're gone. And all he has to do is every once in a while call the police chief and give another demand whatever just give them a reason to think he's in the bank and they don't need to rush into the bank exactly and he could buy time forever until you know basically until they're to the airport right now that's the plan now loomis is uh very infatuated with the relationship that (laughs) you know grim by the way is kind of a funky name for for bill murray's character but he loves the relationship between grim and phyllis kind of uh hanging out in the car with its elbows above the uh, steering wheel, just smiling of like, ah, oh, I love this couple. He's and, a surrogate big kid. Yeah, in a way. I would have to agree with that. I mean, they don't go into detail why he is the way he is, but you just kind of got to get, he's just, he's not all the tools are in the tool shed. He's a, yeah, he's a big oaf. Yeah. 
Grimm takes care of him. He's like a big brother dad figure to him. Now, you instantly get the vibe that Gina Davis is pregnant. Uh, the audience knows. We have, you know, <laughs> we have uh, Randy Quaid knows. The only person that doesn't know is Bill Murray. Right. And we get the mistake that uh, as what? They're at the payphone trying to make yep. the call. And, and the monster truck comes and he starts to make a comment. He's like, hold on. Let me look out the window. And that doesn't have a tilt body. Yeah, it doesn't have a tilt body. <laughs> you didn't say anything about a tilt body. And you know. just then, it's Loomis what? slips <laughs> and hits the, hits the horn on the car. And that's when the adventure starts. Right. Because of the fact that Chief Waltz heard the horn, which most people think, ah, oh, that was just a clown horn. He knows better. He knows there's something fishy going on here. So he wants to tape rewound. And they're all mad, of course. They're like, we could have been doing this all night. But no, you had to honk the horn. Let's just forget this ever happened. Let's go to the airport. And hey, Chief Waltz is a good cop, by the way. Yeah. Through very, this whole movie. Very good cop. He's just working off intuition and just he's he's busted a hundred of these guys before. And he's right on almost every one of his shots at it, you know, and he's like, no. And I love the line he says, like, well, they're out there somewhere. It's just it's them versus the city. I just can just hope that they get bogged down in the same crap the rest of us. <laughs> and I love the line. This this movie is very much takes so many pot shots at New York City. Because both he and Bill Murray's character multiple times in this movie go, God, I hate this city. Oh, right. God, I hate this city. <laughs> I love it when they're they're in the cab and they ask the tourist for directions. And I love when he's like, thank you. You could have given us help, but instead you gave us so much more. Right. That's my second favorite line of this movie. It's so good. Now, of course, Bill Murray immediately knows that this guy is bad news. The guy that they're going to ask directions for. Well, but first, before they get to that guy, they got to go find directions. They ask the construction worker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I... That's who he says that to. My my bad. No, no, no. He says it to that No, yeah, you're right. You're he says right. to the construction worker because the guy didn't know where stuff was. He's like, oh, it, it was here a while ago. And he, he spins the arrow. Which <laughs> Was there a sign? Which way was the arrow pointed? I don't know. Are you going to be putting up a new sign telling us which way? That's tomorrow. Today's just taking stuff down. <laughs> so it's like you you could have helped us, but you've given us so much more. Thank you. You could have helped us help. I love I that love, lie, dude. I love Gina Davis, too. Like, you've got a gun? Shoot them. <laughs> like, I can't. They're fur-bearing. I think I need a permit or something. Oh, man. It is so good. Yeah, it's... And that's the thing is, I mean, there's so many little scenes and characters that they meet throughout this movie that are all just great little, almost like little sketches. Yeah. Because they're just crazy characters and always quotable. It's I love it. Yeah. So they don't get the direction from the construction workers. So they see a guy on the side of the road, dressed nice, preppy, but he's got out-of-state license plates. So immediately Grimm's like, nah, this guy's bad news. Like, oh, no, he's fine. And what does he do? He rips him off. He robs him. Now, so the money that he stole is money that was chilling in the trunk. Is that right? No, that was just in Grimm's wallet. He got $4 off of him. Okay, so but I thought they said he walked away with a million dollars. Because I know they had money strapped to their body. They but... had a million dollars strapped to their body. Okay, so they obviously walked out with over a million dollars. They had a million dollars. He took their suitcases with their clothes or whatever and 
they didn't get any, he didn't get any money because he's like, wow, four dollars. Wow. Oh, see, I thought because Bill Murray says, great, they he just walked off with a million dollars. I thought, no, okay. no, he says, sir, you lost, you dropped your map or you forgot your map. Oh, and my million dollars. Oh, that's what he said. Okay. Yeah. That there you go. I was so confused. I was like, wait a second. Okay, no, that, no, no. that makes he, perfect he got sense. nothing. He just took their suitcases. Excellent. And then we get, uh, they go to the apartment, right? The one yep. that Phil Hartman's going to be they go at. go to Phyllis's old apartment. Now, have you been, are you a Phil Hartman fan? Because I'm going to be honest with you. This guy is very annoying to me. <laughs> I, I've never liked this guy ever. Oh, man. I love Phil Hartman. Okay. Phil Hartman was one of my favorite guys on Saturday Night Live. I think it's because he tries to have the dry humor like Jeff Goldblum and doesn't pull it off. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> I think he's great. Yeah. I, he, he's good in this, though. I will admit. I definitely like him he's in this. He's the one. unfrozen caveman lawyer. That right there makes him a favorite of mine. I love when he walks in and then immediately walks out and closes the door. <laughs> well, because he walks in. They, they're they at, and this is kind of weird because this was Phyllis's old apartment, but somehow she must have subleased it or something because they were in there, like, getting clothes that were her ex-boyfriends. Yeah. And... And, and they Grimm see, wants they look to know up, what's up with that. They look out the window and they see they parked in front of a fire hydrant. And they Loomis is looking out the window going, there's black smoke coming from the apartment across the across the road. And then they see the fire trucks roll up and they see them busting out the windows. Like, oh, we, we got to go down and move the car. And as they're grabbing the keys and lifting a TV that was sitting on top of his jacket, that's when <laughs> Phil Hartman walks in. Looks like they're robbing the place. I love, just like, like you say, he opens the door, sees him, walks, closes the door, comes back in with a gun. Now, this is the only scene that annoys the hell out of me. Really? No, this one part is I love the comedy bit of the fire guys busting out the window, but the fact that the fire guys let the car just go down the block just so it could get smashed up, that annoyed well, They were rolling it out of the way and it lost control because they were yelling, you know, they were yelling like, whoa, 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 and it takes off down the hill. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know it was there for comedy. I just did that part was like ah, I, oh, I don't know. One of my favorite lines, man. I I'm no no joke. I quote this movie every single day. <laughs> <laughs> not not my favorite line. I can tell you that. One. I'm not over exaggerating, but I love just the one little stupid line is when they're talking about uh they're standing there. He's got the gun on him, and they're standing by the window and they're talking about the. The fire and the cars get moved. You're like, I gotta move the car. And Phil Hartman goes, No codes. I don't know why that just cracks me up. Like, he thinks they're speaking in code. I'm gonna move the car. <laughs> no codes. Oh, so good, man. So they get, they, they, his, his wife comes in. Bill Murray fast talks them as he's so good at. Right. Fast talks his way out of there. Next thing you know, they're like friends. Yeah, they're friends. I put the gun down. Thank you for what you've done. Yeah, he's like, I just made their marriage so much better. Yeah. <laughs> and it's time to get to the airport. We're going to miss our flight. <laughs> this, now, this is when we start getting the, the the police chief is starting to figure out, like, wait, where do those three witnesses go? <laughs> like, where's the big, where's the whiny guy and the, and the chick and the big lumberjack looking guy? And this is when they start throwing in my favorite lines of the whole movie. Yes. This... The, the security guard is telling them what happened in the bank and how he was a hero. Right, right. And this security guard, mind you, is probably 80 years old. Maybe 84. 
he's so he's so he, i mean because he when when the bank got robbed he just handed his gun over right to bill murray <laughs> like i don't want no trouble here you go take my gun when the cops are asking him oh he's got a whole different story yeah i love it what does he say oh i was beating him down and then i got sucker punched in the back of the head uh, yeah he's like i, I so I said, it's all over, Chuckles, and I wrestled him to the ground. But he got some gal in his sights, so I had to let him up. That's I, when he cold-cocked me. <laughs> I wrestled him. That's <laughs> they're like, well, there was three of them. They all cold-cocked me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. He's got one later. He's like, so I says to him, you going to behave? And that's when he pulled a knife. I think it was a Bowie knife, and I hate knives. <laughs> like, none of that happens. Now, we get to my favorite, favorite, favorite scene of the movie, sir. All right. This is the cab scene. <laughs> Tony Shaloub. Oh, man. So, He's so good in this. So Tony Shaloub. I mean, this guy, uh, how does he say where to? Korahatu. <laughs> 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 okay. So we have in the back seat, we have uh, Bill Murray, Gina Davis. They're just talking. And, and at this point, she's starting to be very upset with Grimm because you know she's pregnant she wants to tell him but she kind of feels like Grimm's on a high horse so she's starting to kind of change her uh, change her attitude I was gonna ask you about this do you feel that it, it came too fast her attitude like one minute she's in love and then the next minute she wants nothing to do with them do you and I know that happens more after this scene but it starts to really change at this moment in time do you think it, it worked well? The way that they did it, you don't think it was too fast. I mean, granted, this movie's only an hour and 20 minutes. I, but... I think it came a little out of nowhere, but the the next scene after this kind of gives a lot more into that. Okay. You know, she's been trying to tell him different ways that she's pregnant. You know, she's been trying, and every time she's about to, something happens. You know, she's about to tell him in the back of the car, and then, you know, they get robbed. Or they, all this, and so she's... She's trying to find a way to tell him, but he's also like, he's got a lot going on. Right. He's trying to get him out of the city. Yeah. She's got that, uh, uh, something else totally on her mind. He's still trying to get this plan going and he's got contingency upon contingency that she's not aware of. And she feels like, you know, well, what's going on? Like right. if we missed this flight, there's another flight. How many flights do you have <laughs> planned? You know, what else don't, don't I know? And during this conversation, we have Mr. Tony Shalhoub <laughs> ask for the third time where to, and she proceeds to say to the damn airport. <laughs> airport. Then, my favorite line. I kid you not. <laughs> I rewound this seven times just so I could hear this because it was so good. We have my favorite line from uh-huh. the movie of Randy uh-huh. Quaco. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to run the red light. He goes, what do you got? Crap in your ears? But he uses the other word. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, and then after he says that. I love this. My favorite line. (laughs) You don't don't even understand (laughs) colors, do you? You don't know red from hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. This scene, I, I watched seven times today. It was so good, man. I love the looks back and forth between Tony Shalhoub <laughs> and Randy Quaid. As he's, yeah, they keep telling him, like, airport, JFK. Grimm's showing him a picture of a plane, showing him on the ticket. Like, there, there's a plane. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, he's got it. All right, that a boy. And then he looks over at Randy Quaid, and they're just looking at each other like, Horahatu. And Randy Quaid's like, what? <laughs> what do you got crapping your ears? <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks up and he's just barreling through a red light. <laughs> That's red. Stop. You don't know red from. Uh... You don't even understand colors. 
And then, so, <laughs> that is so great. So he, he's like, I got to get out of this cab. And at 35 miles an hour, he just jumps out. He sees another cab and he bails out. Oh man! Oh, it's so good. Oh, that's so good. I'm not. No, I'm not crying. I'm not crying this time, folks. But uh, I'm. I'm almost there. So after he runs out of the cab and and, and cracks his face, that's when Smacks we face first into a yeah, bus stop. <laughs> that's when we get our uh, our spectators taking a look. Oh, is he dead? Is he dead? And that's when they start to get nervous. They're like, well, by this time, clearly Chief Waltz has figured out that you know. We're we're not in the bank. We're not in the bank. Exactly. They're looking for two guys and a girl. And they're like, what does he say after he picks them up? Can you walk? <laughs> He's like, come backwards from 10. 10, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so at at this point, uh, is this when she tells him that she's pregnant? No, and, no, no. And that you should have told Grim? Um. No, because at this point they're running. The cops are showing up, and they're they're taking off, and they just run into a random warehouse door. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, they, they got to deal with the mob. That's right. Yeah, they walk in, and uh, and a very young Stanley Tucci is is working. He's the uh, the, the I don't know what the word is. I'm looking for just like the errand boy for yeah. the mob. Did you find this scene? annoying because of the fact he has to repeat every single thing that the the main guy is saying i love it because he's okay he's obviously just there like he's the brother of so he's you know the nephew of somebody that's in the mob they stumble into a little mob warehouse from new york there and walk in and like uh-oh we walked into a bad scene and this is another great scene where bill murray fast talking <laughs> I can't say this. I can't say the line that I love from Stanley Tucci right when they walk in. He's like, "This ain't my blank in your back." Oh, that's, that's a relief. Right. <laughs> that's a relief. That's right. I love that part. That was great. So, Bill Murray just starts. You know, Grim just starts talking. Like, hey, you know, they're like, "Who are you? Who am I? I'm the new bag man. Like, I'm here to collect the money." And I just love when Gina Davis looks at him like. What are you doing? I have no idea. <laughs> You're going to get us killed. <laughs> so he he basically grifts the mob. He gets them to give them their money, convinces them that he's the new bag man for the mob boss, Mr. Lombino. Yep. And uh, gets them to give him the drop, give him the money. And, uh, you know, otherwise that big goon Mario is going to come in here and start busting heads. And, and Johnny, who's Stanley Tucci's character, is terrified of Mario. So they give him the money and out he out he goes. I just I love that whole scene where he's just just talking just off the top of his head, you know. You just ripped off the mob, you know. That was yep. that was so good. And that's when Phyllis. I think that's when the big change with Phyllis comes. Is they you know she sees she sees what he's capable of and she knows she sees how good he is. He's talked his way out of so many situations already. Like he's never going to be able to give this up. It was his complete line, right? That's what really set her off is I feel complete. Mm -hmm. And she takes it as well. Great. Well, now that we have a kid, how are you, you know, if you're already complete, you don't need a kid. I think that's kind of the turning point, but he said that a little earlier in the movie, but this is the point where that, what he said there and the mob has officially changed her mind. And this is this sells it for me, this scene here. 
Uh, I thought like in the cab, I was like, huh, why does she have such a change of heart that fast? But at this point, I'm totally cool with her, you know, attitude change. Well, and and the big thing is, so the, the next thing they see is there's a bus. They see the cops and they see that uh, the, the cab driver is there trying to tell the cops what happened. He's turning himself in. He feels terrible. Like I killed somebody, I think, you know, and he's trying to tell them nobody understands what he's saying. And they're trying to figure out there's the cops. And he's like, we are cornered. Like we are penned down. Go, go get an interpreter. I thought you said, go get <laughs> uh... a, <laughs> but they see the bus and he's like, this is lucky. Let's make that bus. And they go run into the bus. And this is a whole different, I mean, talk about another character, Dude, man. This, this bus driver. I love Philip Bosco, man. <laughs> he is definitely a character actor. Like you oh, really yeah. don't know. Like if you say his name, you don't know who he is, but he's kind of like, uh, you know, machete. What's his name? Uh, Danny, Danny Trejo. You, he's a character actor. He's in everything, and you know his face. You know who this guy is. And this guy is beyond off of his wall <laughs> in regards to exact change. Exact change only. Okay. I'm leaving this stop in one minute, 48 seconds. Now, I want to say this. I absolutely love this sequence here where he has to go get money for exact change. Oh, it gets me so frantic every time. The only problem I have is and I guess it's more of a nitpick. Now in movie time, the fact that it would take well over 50 seconds. Yeah, because in movie time, like 1 minute is usually like an hour. So like 1 minute and 28 seconds should almost be like 5 seconds in movie time. So movie time logic, this doesn't work for me because it's way over a minute and 20. I mean, the scene itself is like three minutes long. It, right. It's hilarious. I love it. I'm, I just wish they would have given him a little bit more time. But at the same time, it would have lost that anticipation of trying to get back. You know what I mean? Yep. It's, it's, it works so well, but at the same time, it's flawed, if that Is makes it, sense. At this point. Everything is converging onto this one area. You've got the police. They know who they're looking for. They know that somewhere close. You have the cab driver who is looking for them. Like I, he's ready to point them out. Now you have Mario, the the mob guy who Bill Murray was taking the place of, basically. The big, the big badass Mario shows up and wait a minute, who did you give the money to? And so now he's trying to figure out who just ripped off his money. And it's all happening. And meanwhile, they are sitting on this bus waiting. We have to get exact change or this crazy bus driver is going to kick us off and then we're done. Yep. Like somebody's going to nail us. It's just, there's all so much tension built right there. I love it. And Bill Murray is sitting in this convenience store, and of course, the person in front of them bought the whole entire store, right. and and, the, and he can't do anything about it because the cops are right behind him. Yeah, and that's what makes it so tenseful. Yeah, tenseful. I like the word. So yeah, that's what makes it so tenseful is the person you know in front. He's trying to throw all this stuff <laughs> in 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 her bag. And not try to give himself away, but he gets the exact change. And then we have, you know, they realize, oh, that's him, that's him, that's him. And they all run after him to go on the bus. Right. The, the cabbie points at him. Mario figures it out. So everybody's running to the bus. And luckily, the bus driver closes the door and they take off just as everybody's. Like, the cops weren't stopping the bus. 
and that's when Chief Walt shows up the second that the bus takes off, which was right. just so great. Now, you got to love the guy with the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy hippie. What I, what I love is the fact that eventually he's going to get $6,000 just to get off the bus. Yep. I mean, that, that's insane. I'm like, you just gave this guy $6,000. But, I mean, obviously that's how desperate he is. But this is where we get, like, the big pregnancy talk. Uh, because that's where Loomis is just chilling in Phyllis's lap, and you haven't told him, and that's where she's like, yeah, well, you know, he wants to be complete and all this and that. But uh, it, it was such a great scene, man, that uh, it had a lot of tension and, and comedy, and it was it's a fin- like I said, it's a great scene, even though I have a little bit of that flaw in there. I can totally forgive it because the scene is just so good, you know? Well, and this is, I mean, this is where... They're sitting there. Bill Murray's up front talking to the bus driver. Um, and Loomis and Phyllis are sitting in back. And Loomis is talking about how great Grimm is. Isn't he amazing? Like, oh, he's so good at this. And that's when I think Phyllis has really made up her mind. Like, all right, nothing's going to change. Yeah. You know, I've got to just leave him. You know, and it's the thing that frustrates me with this movie. And especially once we get uh, to the next couple of scenes is... All of her decisions to leave Grimm to once they, you know, get to the airport that we've got to split up and go our separate ways. All of this is she gets freaked out about Grimm and it's almost entirely off of things that Loomis says to her. Loomis is in the car while while they're dealing with the, the robber from Iowa. You know, he's talking about how, oh, Grimm's so amazing. Isn't he great at this? You know, he thinks of everything. And they're on the bus. And he's like, he's, oh, you ripped off the mob. He can do anything, you know, and all this stuff. And it, th- all these things seem to be what is, like, getting into her head. Like, oh, he's never going to give this up. Like, well, you're dealing with an idiot. Like, this guy <laughs> is a moron. Why are you taking what he says and, and well, let, projecting let, it? Let's be fair. She is pregnant. Hormones have kicked in. Okay. And she is very sensitive emotionally. So since somebody who knows him more than probably may, because we don't know the backstory, maybe Loomis has been with Grimm longer than, you know, Grimm and Phyllis. So maybe she's like, wow, if he knows all this stuff about him, she's going to take everything he says to heart. Even though he is an idiot, I, I can give a little bit of leeway based on that. All right. So they are back. They're on the bus. They're on the, they're headed to the airport. They're going to make it. Yep. The cops have the cab driver and they have Mario. Now the cops think that the cab driver was pointing at Mario the whole time. They've got him. They're holding him. They know who he is. You know, the chief has dealt with him before and they think that the cab driver pointed him out on the street. So he's grilling him. Where's the clown? Who does the clown work for? What's the clown's name? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I love, there's the there's Tony Shalhoub, the cab driver, doesn't speak English, uh, trying to tell them the whole time, that like trying to let them know, like, that's not the guy. He's got to do some charades, baby. He's got to do <laughs> Bluff Tony. Bluff Tony. Like, Bluff Tony, what are you talking about? Bluff Tony. And he's <laughs> pretending to drive a big steering wheel. Hark. Honk. <laughs> Bluff Tony, a bus. And he's like, that's right. That bus took off. So, you know, back on the run. I, I love it, though. Like, you know, just a couple scenes prior to that, when the cops came and he just goes to the ground thinking like he killed, you know, yeah. Loomis. I just, he's so good at 
just conveying so much. He doesn't have to speak English no. for you to understand everything that he's feeling and going through. He he does such an amazing job. It's Tony Shalhoub's a really good actor. Yeah, he is. And he, for a guy who speaks gibberish throughout the entire movie, a pretty good job. Yeah, that definitely says a lot. And we're at the so we're at the airport, and they decide that okay, they're looking for us. So I'm gonna take Loomis. You go this way, and please meet me on the you know meet on me the on plane. The, on the plane. Nope. And he's like, well, why don't you tell your lover? Now you tell me. <laughs> Which is true. You should have told her that you love her. So clearly at this point, you think that she's not going to be on the plane. And nope. we just got introduced to Kurtwood Smith. Good old uh, <laughs> Red Cla- Foreman. Clarence Bodiger. <laughs> Mr. Dumbass. I, I love this guy. He's awesome. Now, he starts to be talking smack at the uh, it's at the terminal, right? At the ticket counter. At the ticket counter. That's the first time you're like, this guy's just a loudmouth. You really don't know who he's supposed to be. So does this scene work for you when they're on the plane and they look at, and they see Mr. Chief Waltz coming and they're like, oh man, he's coming for us. And that's when Labino <laughs> comes to uh, fruition. What do you think, sir? I love it because they, you know, they they get on the plane. Uh, Loomis and Grimm get on the plane. Phyllis isn't here. You know, and Loomis is like, man, well, you know, we'll still go have a good time. You know, that sucks. And Grimm is obviously heartbroken that Phyllis did take off. Right. And so they're sitting there, they're talking. And this is when uh, Kurtwood Smith's character, the big loudmouth in first class, you know, talking to them about, hey, you guys with the mileage upgrade, why don't you keep it down? You're upsetting, upsetting my wife. You know, and he's going on and on. How's that? And, does he say, how's that Bloody Mary V? Yeah, how's that Bloody Mary V? <laughs> Not too spicy. <laughs> and, and that's when the chief shows up on the plane. He's tracked down who the bad guy is, he thinks. Nobody messes with Russ Crane. This <laughs> is Russ Crane. And so when he walks in, he walks onto the plane immediately. Uh, there's like a little case of mistaken identity. Mister, we find out that... that Mr. Crane is also Mr. Lombino, the the king, the mob king of New York City. He's on the plane. He assumes that the chief is there for him, so he takes his trophy wife, throws him in front, throws her in front of him <laughs> as a human shield, and the gunfight begins. The yeah, fight for the gun, so good. And and don't forget, the wife is beating him up with the money. With the bag, the duffel bag full of money. And we have Loomis that's seeing the money come out, and he's trying to get a hold of the bag. Uh, and what does he say? Can you please not hit Can me you with, hit him with something else? Yeah, that's what he says. But he manages to, uh, you know, you know, prior to that in the bathroom when they were ripping off the tape, we had that old guy that thinks uh-huh. that they're gay, and he gets hit with the bag. Later on in the plane, the same guy that had that you know didn't like them in the bathroom together. So I thought that was kind of funny karma. Actually, I thought that was really good stuff. Yep. But uh, it's a fun sequence. And then when Grim goes to get the gun, and uh, and we have Phyllis come out, she's ready to put her hands up. She's she like, just, she was just in the bathroom the whole time. Yeah, she's like, oh great, we're busted. And Grim's got to basically no, shut up. We're cool. We're we're we didn't get busted. Baby, this guy over here, what does he say? He says they they caught this guy. Yeah, they caught this guy. And uh and then 
my favorite part happens when Mr. Chief Walt wants to thank Grimm for <laughs> right. his for his hospitality and and for helping. He wants to give him accommodation. Yep. And uh, that's when we have Mr. Grimm give his good New York voice that he can and throws in a little chip, a uh, little uh, little clue there. How, how does he? What does he say? His name is uh, Chapowski, right? Dan Chapowski. Yeah. And I love the fact. I'm really glad as sharp as Chief Walt is. That he didn't catch on right then and there, you right. know. And when he does catch on, the plane's already in the air, and they're kissing, and the movie's over. Man, it's a fast, fast movie, but so much happens, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike True Lies, where we could have cut out like an hour and ten minutes, this movie doesn't mess around, dude. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it goes right through it. I mean, it is very much, you know, it's a heist movie. Yep. And it's it's almost like a road trip movie. Yeah. You know, where it, just things keep happening as they're trying to get to where they need to go. Let's see, we got we got a bank robbery like Dark Knight style in the beginning. <laughs> right. And then we got uh we got a heist film. Uh wait, well, I guess that's part of the heist. Yeah. Obviously. Uh we have the adventures and babysitting kind of style. We got we run into instead of mob, you know, we they run into mob bosses instead of running into the blues club trying to get away from the killers of the chop shop. So it's yeah. almost like planes, trains, and automobiles. They're yeah. trying to get to their location. Just all kinds of crazy stuff happens along the way. Yeah, good times. It's so, great, man. I just, I don't know if it's the same without Bill Murray. You know, oh, you make this oh, movie yeah. Bill Murray, this movie. In fact, on that point, talk about a nice segue. This movie is actually a remake of a movie that was made five years earlier. Huh. Called Hold Up. Uh, quick Change is based on a book. Okay. Uh, of the same name. But there was a movie five years earlier. Uh, Kim Cattrall was in it Ooh. as the Gina Davis role. But this movie uh, stars Jean-Paul Belmondo as Grimm and uh, Kim Cattrall in the Gina Davis role. And it is a French movie Ooh. called Hold Up. She talks French? She does. I watched. Wow. I have watched uh, a large portion of this. Did you watch in subtitles? There were no subtitles provided. But it is <laughs> basically shot for shot almost i mean well i guess quick change is almost is basically shot for shot i knew everything that was being said and everything that was happening despite there being no subtitles on the uh, youtube clips right um it's really not good <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very french so in this case the uh remake is superior to the original very much so excellent very much so so, sir, I think for this one, I'd give it a solid four stars, man. That's kind of where I'm at with this one. I think it's it's very fast. It's definitely a movie I could throw in at any time. Uh, I think it still holds up to this day, uh, despite the fact of, I mean, obviously, if you try to remake this today, multiple things would not happen. Uh, clearly, with uh, just the bank alone, they would have been caught. But uh, I I really dig it. I think it's funny. I forgot how good it really was. I had the cemented scene in my head of the Randy Quaid running from the cab and the convenience store trying to get to the bus. Those two scenes were cemented in my head. But just the line alone of you got, you got crap in your ears <laughs> and listening to that over and over again, I was just like, wow, it's so good. I give it a strong, solid four stars. That's where I'm at with this movie. Very good. Very good. I, for me, this is, um, this is in my top three of favorite Bill Murray movies. And I think it is actually my favorite Bill Murray performance Ooh! because the movie is entirely based around him. Um, I think he's just 
hilarious. He is his dry wit is and his yeah his fast talking is so great in this. I I this is probably my most quoted Bill Murray movie. <laughs> um, I just I love it, man. I discovered it years and years ago, and nobody I knew had ever heard of it or seen it, so it felt like a little little treasure to me, you know, when you find one of those. Sorry to ruin it for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I so I I. I love it. Um, and I just love all the, like I said, all the characters, all the supporting actors, you know, that just the Phil Hartman and Jason Robards and Tony Schlub and it just, all of them are great. Um, so yeah, I love this movie. I give it, I give it four and a half stars, four and three quarter stars. Excellent. Love this movie. Now, really for you, what, what knock it down would be the Gina Davis stuff. Um, a little bit of that. Um, I wish it was a little bit longer. You know, I wish there was some more. I like the fast pace of it, but there's I, there's a few spots I wish they would have let it breathe a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, I, there's just a few things. There, you know, it's it's not a complete movie. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just overall, there's just a little bit missing, but yeah. oh, man, I love it. Fair enough. Good stuff. All right. Well, that is our review of Quick Change. So shall we get into uh, the STL Nation and hear what they have to say, sir? Yeah. All right. So let's do it. All right, sir. So we have two emails today. All right. Call me shocked, but uh, we actually have an email from Cheerful Charlie. Whoa! Whoa! Wait, wait, wait. Let's set the over/under on how many words are in this email. I'm gonna say and thirteen words. Thirteen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. <sighs> At least twenty. Holy cow! All right, here we go. We got an epic. Hey, STL Nation. Just dropping by to give my thoughts on the idea of Masunas possibly reviewing some of the uh, animated movies that's either DC or Marvel has produced recently. Just my two cents, Charlie. This is where you say absolutely not, sir. Yeah, not going to happen. Okay. So there you go, Charlie. You heard from the man. We are not going to be doing that. So I will not allow that. <laughs> so moving on. That on me. Yeah. Moving on to the final email. Comes from good old... Peter, the time traveler. Here's what he had to say, sir. Time traveling Peter. Greetings, Masunis, Jameson, and the STL Nation. This was my first time watching Quick Change, and I must say that I enjoyed it. This must be where Christopher Nolan got his inspiration for the bank robbery scene in The Dark Knight. I kid, I kid. I think this is one of Bill Murray's better acting. He still has quips, but at times he plays it a little more straight and less animated. It was different and nice to see. And your STL connection. He was, of course, in Ghostbusters 1 and 2 in Zombieland. Rand- yeah, Randy Quaid, who plays Loomis, was also in your second episode of STL, played the character named Sheriff Loomis in The Wraith. Thank you, sir. Love that movie. By the way, it was one of my favorite movies. Yes, it is. Gina Davis, I don't think, has appeared on STL yet, but I do like her in here, which is true. 
I've not done a long kiss goodnight. That's oh, so good. Uh, that movie would be love that movie. That'd probably be my first Gina Davis movie we'd have to throw in here. Uh, let's see. Uh, when we first see her character, Phyllis and Randy Loomis, I recognized them, but wondered why they look so weird. I then caught on what was going on. I went in this spoiler free, so I wasn't sure if this took place entirely in the bank or what, but I figured it out when Phyllis was chosen next to leave the bank. I kept wondering why she had that awful wig on. I liked how things go wrong for them, but things always end up working out. Basically, they had the best bad luck. Once they go on their airport trying to get to the airport, it reminds me of the movie Warriors. Uh, they even run into a gang where they have a cameo by Stanley Tucci. Yeah. I like the bank scene, and the last third of the film is the best. When they finally get to the airport, I think Randy Quaid does a really good job at trying to be the voice of reason. And here's a twist I didn't see coming. Kurtwood Smith, Mr. Crane, as Lombito, and how his henchman Mario's snitching on him. So they get away scot-free, and the only person that seemed upset about the whole thing was Tony Shalhoub, the cab driver. <laughs> I had fun. It was my first time watching, but I'm not one. But it's not one I'd buy or maybe even watch again. Overall, I'd give this movie a 3.25 stars. It's a good movie, but I wouldn't make it into my top 10 Bill Murray movies. Oh, you're dead to me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys have a good spring. And until next episode, time traveling, Peter. Well, thank you, sir, for writing in, even though you're dead to Jameson now. <laughs> I don't even know your name anymore. Good times. All right, sir. So uh, before we get into the music spotlight, should we get into our newest segment, What Movie Am I? Oh, yes. Yeah, let's do it, sir. Nobody steps on a church in my town. Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. I shot him six times. I, I shot him in the heart. That... Calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour... You're going to see some serious... I'm Batman. Let's go. Thanks. All right. All right. So, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Mm, I want you to go first this time. Didn't I go first last time? I do. That was like six months ago. Oh, okay. Good point. (laughs) All right. Now, let me think here, because... I still got to pull a movie, so... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, You want me to go first? Go ahead, sir. All right. All right. Here we go. Mm. We are tied up at 2-2, correct? Yes, we are, sir. All right. That's that's a score. Put put that up on the scoreboard. 2-2. There has been uh, several stumps lately. I have a feeling somebody's going to get a... I got a feeling you're going to get this one. Okay. But uh, this is kind of last minute, so... Okay, here we go. All right. So... Uh, we have two two buddies, uh, two best friends. They're out partying. They're out on a on a on a boat, uh, having a big party with a bunch of people. Uh, one of the buddies is kind of moping around, whatever. He's he's having girl problems, but they're uh, out on the sea, out on the ocean. Tons of people start to have a little bit of fun. They come back. Um, they go to the place that they're staying. They walk into the place that they uh, are staying right there on the ocean, walk in, find a dead body. What movie am I? Is this Very Bad Things? That is not the answer. Damn it. (laughs) If I said 
that the body they found was their boss, and it was his house. Oh, so it's weekend at Bernie's. That it is. But I got it wrong though. I said very bad things. That's so. right. You should have taken. You should ask for the hint. First. Oh, I know. I I so thought that was it, man. Because that's a jacked up movie, man. It Oof. is a jacked up. That movie. is a jacked up movie. Oof. Yeah. Some people die in that movie. Yeah, just a few. <laughs> Let's not talk about the stripper in the head. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, sir. You ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Oh, this is where we can pull ahead. All right. So we have, uh, it is nighttime, and we are in the woods. And we have a kid uh, looking for his little brother. So he's going through the woods. It's real creepy. You hear, like, a bunch of, like, owls and just animals you would normally hear when you're creeped out as a kid. And he hears a noise and he threatens that he's going to kill his little brother and turns around and his brother jumps out scares them to pieces and his little brother runs away and before he decides to go after him he hears another noise he decides to walk and he falls down a hill what movie am i holy crap i guarantee you've seen this movie you guarantee it? Yep. So, in, in fact, no, I'm not even going to give that clear. It'll uh, give too much away. Just uh, clarification. Yep. So when he hears the noise, he he he's looking for his little brother. Yeah. He he hears the noise and he says, "What? Like like I'm going to kill you?" Like okay. So he's he's in. His parents told him, "Go find your younger brother." Ah, uh, okay. So he goes out into where his brother was. Gotcha. And it's dark. And, of course, when it's dark and you're a kid, you're going to hear noises. And then he, his brother jumps out at him, scares him. I'm going to, you know, you're so dead. And he uh, was going to chase after him. He hears another noise, and that's where he falls into a hill. What movie am I? Oh, man. Oh, man. I can, I, I have two movies in my head, and I'm, do you have any hint for me? Uh, the movie, uh, the hint is, oh boy, how do I, how do I give this hint without giving too much away? Yeah, I don't want too much. Um, he's wearing a a book bag and a baseball Uh, hat. Okay. I have one in my head that I know it isn't, but I can't think of what the... Oh, I, okay. Wait, is that it? All right, is it? Originally, I was thinking a different movie, but I, is it Flight of the Navigator? Three to two, baby. Yeah, I got it. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a movie you were going to help me review, but you couldn't make it to that episode. <sighs> nice. Yeah, he goes and tries to find Jeff, and Jeff jumps out. He's going to go yep. after him, and that's when he falls in the hole. Wakes up and he's now into the future. Oh man, man. I love that movie. three to two, baby! Oh, it's about time we got a score. Cause I was gonna say we're really bad at this. Yeah, good job, sir. Good job, man. Yay! Congratulations, that is awesome, man. So I'm happy for you, man. That just means <laughs> that uh, I gotta, I gotta work hard next episode. All right, sir. Let's. Should we get into the music spotlight? Yeah, we might as well. All right, let's do it.
Okay, sir. So this is a special music spotlight, sir. Uh, here's the thing. I uh, don't normally listen to the radio. Uh, I was going to pick up my daughter. This was uh, the week that we couldn't record and the things that happened with my father-in-law and stuff. So I was listening to the rock radio, the local one, and this voice comes on. And it sounds like Chester. I'm like, ooh, a new Linkin Park song. I'm like, awesome. So what did I do? I pull out my phone. I pull out Shazam. I Shazam the sucker. And the song that comes up is a song called One for the Money. I'm like, okay, what Linkin Park song is this? And then the artist is Escape the Fate. I'm like, huh, this is in Chester. So I go home and I, immediately I bought the song. Very rarely will I hear a song on the radio and I'll go and buy the song. But a good song is a good song. And of course, when I bought the song and, and I went home and I watched the video, was like wow it's not the kind of band that i normally listen to but the song was amazing and what pulled me in is the fact that the guy sounds just like chester now if and the reason i'm picking this song is two th reasons one since we're dealing with a movie dealing with money one for the money is the title of the song it really is about the fans you know one for the money two for the show you know three let's get ready kind of thing i've never heard that song yeah you yeah that's not what happens in this song but that's essentially what the theme is and then number two it's my favorite song of 2014 wow yeah look out yeah now uh it's a little bit different than what you're normally used to hear on stl uh especially when you hear the chorus so but it's all good. It's all edited for STL. So there you go, baby. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I fell in love with it the moment I heard it. It sounds just like Chester. It's called Escape the Fate, One for the Money. And uh, I gave it to, I sent it to Peter. And he's like, dude, I love this song. And he's like, how did I not know about this song? I sent Who it over. Who's this Peter you speak of? Yeah, I <laughs> I sent it over to John the Music Man. He's like, dude, I love that song. So so oh, yeah, far, John's cool. Yeah, so far the people that have heard it, man, they are loving this tune, man. So, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, it's good time. So that is the song music spotlight of this episode. So next episode, sir, hopefully will be next week. And the movie, sir, we're gonna do is Revenge of the Nerds, right, sir? Next episode with me will be in two weeks. Yes, correct. Next week, uh, you have a film festival that yes. you are doing, uh, yep. you're excited for, which is awesome. So I can't, wait, I can't wait to hear your review of this during movie and music news. So yeah, <laughs> next week will be an Underground Hour episode. The following week, we'll come back and we'll do some Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, and then after that, will be Revenge of the Nerds 2, and then we're done because there's only, <laughs> there's only those two in existence, just like Terminator 1 and 2. There is no 3 and 4 and so on and so forth. So. Correct. So I'm super excited. I can't wait to hear about your film festival, sir. It's gonna... Yeah, it should be exciting. It's uh, 10 days of film festival. Now, there's another bit of news that we got to announce, sir. Ooh. The STL t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Woohoo! You saw this, right? I did see it. Yeah. If you, I don't know if you guys are in the STL Nation, but Hurricane Andrew uh, made a Sweep the Leg t-shirt. And at the bottom is the slogan, very good times. And two two of them were sent. Uh, and unfortunately, one of them was not in your size, sir. So we, we have to get you one. They rarely are. But I did say if anybody likes it, if you want one, we can do it. And Hurricane Andrew said if you want your own STL t-shirt, it'll cost 16 bucks, and that's with shipping. 
uh, to have your own. You just let me know what you want for a size, and I give him the info, and he will mail it to your house for 16 bucks. So nice, pretty cool, man. I'm excited. STL t-shirts. I'm sure nobody's gonna buy any, but I gotta at least throw it out there. It's it's cool to have a t-shirt, you know, for sweep the leg. It's pretty awesome. So it is pretty cool. Uh, what do we got coming up, sir? You just did that awesome movie mojo monthly episode. I thought that was great. Yeah, we so, have another one coming out uh, sometime in sometime next week. Whenever I can fit it in uh, between all the film fests, but uh, so we got we Brian have, on this one or what? <laughs> we'll see. You never know. Uh, maybe I'm not on it. Maybe Logan take takes over for me. But we'll be uh, we'll be discussing Noah, and uh, more importantly, we'll be covering Captain America: Winter Soldier. So. Awesome. You know what I love in that episode is when you're like that a boy, because <laughs> that's what you did to me on Indiana Jones. Now, what I love is. Is his guilty pleasure? I could just hear the love for Indiana Jones Four. Oh yeah! I really thought that that was pretty cool. It was like a legitimate, honest, no like, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like nothing to taint his views on it. You know, it was pretty awesome. I definitely dug that. I thought that was very cool. It was funny because then afterwards, after we got done, I, I was talking to him. About it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty. That's pretty great, man. And we were talking about it, and he's like, well, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark is his favorite. He's like, I love this movie, and everyone, everyone always craps on this movie. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's so fitting too. It, it, yeah, it was great. Awesome. So, yeah. uh, if you want to write in, please do so at stlpodcast at gmail.com. Again, this is for Revenge of the Nerds, so we better get some emails for this one, man. You got two weeks, so get it in. Yeah, you got plenty of time. And then feel free to write for part two as well. That'll that'll be fine. Uh, Don't forget to go to stlpodcast.com so you can find links to all the shows, including Jameson's shows. Uh, you got some real films coming out soon, I I assume. You record that every Saturday, don't you, son? Uh, every two weeks we release one. Yeah. How's that going, man? You you having fun? You getting a lot of uh, new listeners? It's a blast. Awesome. I love it. it. Other than dealing with that Jason guy, it's a great time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to hear Captain America review, man. I'm excited. That, I can't believe that movie is already three days away, man. It's insane. I know. I'm I'm hoping to catch it Thursday night. They have an 8 o'clock show Thursday night and 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping to catch a little IMAX 3D. Excellent. That's what I got, too. I got the 8 o'clock showing as well. Nice. All right. Well, we will together catch you guys in two weeks for Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, You can catch me next week for some Underground Hour, maybe this weekend. Don't forget to check out Make Some Noise. There'll be a new episode up for that. And also a special bonus that you don't want to miss in there. And, uh, yeah. Oh, Shadowy Flight. There'll be a new episode coming soon. I'll be recording that this weekend. So make sure you get your emails in. Shadowy Flight. Theshadowyflight at gmail.com for all you Knight Rider fans. And, uh, yeah, man. I'm excited. It's a good time. It's good to be back, sir. And hopefully uh, we're back in two weeks and everything goes good with my father-in-law and We'll just keep it up in the air, touch and go. I'll keep everybody posted. So, 10-4. All right. Well, thank you, sir. As always, I had a lot of fun. Granted, I didn't cry in this episode, but that's okay. We were we were a little bit more focused on this uh-huh. one. So, But uh, it, it was definitely fun re-listening back to True Lies, man. I literally cried at the same point that I did in that episode. It was hilarious. <laughs> that's what happens when I get three energy drinks in me (laughs) all right well you guys have a good one take care i'm soon as out
now, oh, hello. Keep your microphone up. <laughs> we are not going to have a train wreck like we did last time. That's for sure. So, <laughs> we'll Spe- speaking of train wrecks, people seem to enjoy our last episode, sir, where we thought it was a train wreck and people just loved it. Multiple people listened multiple times, I guess. So, it, fe- good. it feels good knowing True Lies was a comedic genius episode for some people, sir. So, we're bringing the laughter to people, I guess. It's good. It's good. I love the fact he really hasn't posted anything. Just the fact that he wants Daniel Bryan to lose WrestleMania. I'm like, you're the only person that wants Daniel Bryan to not win WrestleMania. Exactly. I mean, as predictable as it is that he's going to beat Triple H and he's going to win this thing. If that's what everybody wants. That's if it doesn't happen. That's the whole reason they put that stipulation in. Yeah. It's like. If it oh it would be the biggest failure of WrestleMania 30 is oh if he does not win the championship. Oh god. If he loses to Triple H and doesn't even get in the oh, oh that would be it would just stop the show. Right, seriously. It's like you've been you how long has this been building? Month, uh, month, since SummerSlam. Since Christmas. Because when I was watching Total Divas this last week, it was the episode where uh, Daniel Bryan got the concussion, where they made him a bad guy, and that was yeah. the night that he went back. It was Christmas right around that point because they had just came out with the Christmas outfit. So since December, four months they've been doing this whole, we're going to not make him champion. It's yeah. like you guys have played the story out long enough. Make him the flipping champ already so we can get some more exciting stuff. You know? I wonder if I go on face versus heel and argue with Steven enough if I can get him to completely change his opinion <laughs> and support Daniel Bryan all the way like he did with Owen Hart. Oh. You're right, guys. He should be in. In fact, he should have been in five years ago. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I'm hoping that the stream doesn't crap out, man. I'm really worried about that. I really am because the... they've had enough issues already. Yeah, the first week with uh, with I'm a, you know, elimination chamber. Yeah. It lags so much. I was yeah. like, I really wanted to cancel. And then it started, they started adding more content and things have been fast. But I'm like, I, I seriously thought that they released it when they did just so they could get ready for WrestleMania yeah. to see how much traffic they're going to have. But they're going to have millions upon millions of people Heck yeah. streaming that. They better I'll have to crash and like, what? And funny enough, in the big, did you watch the? I love the countdown. I love that show. It's so yep. well produced. And the biggest blunders is the pay per view where it it the crashed out. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow. I sure hope WrestleMania 30 isn't gonna be a blunder and crash like this. I'm worried, man. I was worried from the beginning when they said that. Like, wait, so it's not through the cable provider, so you have no repercussion when millions of people are logging <laughs> on to the same thing at once. And yeah, it's like, I mean, you look at like the, the, uh, the Obamacare website when they like, okay, oh it's my. up and running. Everybody go. It crashed immediately. Like that's the government website that crashed. Like I hope WWE's doesn't. From what I heard, only four people worked on the quality of that website and they yeah. released it at like 5%. That's what I heard that that's the quality level was 5% of it was worked on and the rest was just released. Huh? So, but I'm hoping this thing works, man. I really am. I mean, cause that's the whole point of get, doing this, of getting paying for it. Of all that is that WrestleMania is free with it. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and you get every pay-per-view. So yeah. if like this, this will be the first pay-per-view on the network. So if you yep. can't get this to work, you know how many cancellations are going to be on this thing. <laughs> Yep. It really is like life or death that they... Yeah, they got everything hanging on it. 
I love the fact that we get the Hall of Fame ceremony for the first time ever. I'm yeah, excited cool. to check that out. It's is gonna it going to be like is it just live? Is that how yeah. they're showing it? Yep. It's oh, that's cool because I always hate the edited version where the speeches are uh-huh. six minutes long. Yeah, it's going to be the full live thing. And then if you're on the network, you get like an hour pre-show of wrestling, which I think the tag team four-way they got going on should be an actual match. I don't know why it's a pre-show. Uh, they did that last year, though. They pulled the tag team title match and put it on the pre-show. Yeah. Because they hate tag teams. It, yeah. The Usos are so good, though, man. Yeah. But the Shield, I really, man, Ro- I cannot wait for Roman Reigns to break free, man. He's my new rock, dude. He really, yeah. He really is. I love that guy so much. I was I was just on a site uh, yesterday actually that had the uh, the whole family tree of all the Samoan wrestlers. Oh. It, it was pretty cool looking at exactly the relations between the fifty Samoan wrestlers that you know and how every one of them is related. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, because like the Rock and Usos are cousins, and Roman Reigns and Rock are cousins. Yep, and I- Rikishi. And the head shrinkers and guys I didn't even I never even thought about, you know, and Yokozuna. All these guys that are all related. Like, wow, okay. You saw that picture I posted in Face vs. Hill with Rock and Roman together, right? Yeah, yep. Dude, it's so cool, man. And I love Roman's tattoos. He only has it on one arm. Yeah. He and he has such charisma. And I'm just like, he's like the only bad guy I love to root for. And, and as I told Tabby, I'm like, the shield is no longer bad. They're gray. They're not good and they're not bad. They're the total gray area of WWE now. Which, well, yeah. I mean, when you have them fighting bad guys. Yeah. You know, when you have them going up against other bad teams, you can't you can't call them bad anymore. Now, did you watch Raw last night? Uh, no. Okay. So... Did you okay? There's this sequence when you know the Wyatt family they're doing all their occult talk and all this yep. crap, and it's all dark and stuff. So, there's this person shows up in a Michael Myers jumpsuit with the with the Wyatt mask on, uh-huh. ju- just chilling behind Bree, you know, or Bry, whatever, whatever, yeah, his name Wyatt. Is. and the lights come on, and they look, and he tilts his head. John Cena is the guy in this suit. And, uh-huh. the, and he tilts his head just like Michael Myers before he takes the mask off and starts to beat the crap out of him. Huh. It was the coolest thing, man. And it was just like, forget WrestleMania, let's go now. Now, he had some floods on, though. I mean, clearly, like, his jumpsuit was way too, like, uh, tight. Yeah. But it was such a great moment of, like, and I believe this is the first WrestleMania in, like, 10 years where he's not the the main event. Main event? Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Well, he wasn't last year, was he? Oh, no, he yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, last year was... Him and Rock. Yeah. Him and Rock, yeah. <laughs> oh, you man. Know? So good, man. So 